Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath, a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to BoosterBath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. BoosterBath.com This is the Heart Parking Podcast brought to you by Ray Honda out of Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you for being my title sponsor. And of course, I am your host, Jay Finning. Coming up on today's show, Maui Mike Davis is in studio. We're going to talk about the wheel game and how the current climate and the price of metals has impacted not only the cost of wheels for your car, but the production time. Mike was on here before and he talked about wheel fitments and a lot of the feedback was really good. So look forward to hearing what he has to say this time around and have a good conversation about it. This is a longer interview episode. I do these every once in a while. So there's no Q&A segment. But for those of you who join this just for the Q&A, I have a pretty decent society and culture opening. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome to the Hard Parking Podcast, the non-automotive automotive podcast. If you're joining from some other country outside of the U.S., drop me a line, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank a couple people for reaching out based on the issues that I'm having with, I think, my battery in my 2007 Infinity. So one guy suggested doing a draw, like an alternator draw. So when I had it tested at the local auto parts place, I wasn't in the car with the radio blasting and the AC blasting. That wasn't the request. So I understand that type of request puts additional drain on the alternator. So if I have this issue again before I sell the vehicle, we're going to look at that. Another suggestion was to check out the drain. Like, is there something draining the battery? And that's been suggested by a few people. I don't know what it would be. Maybe something finally rusted and fell off. And like I said last time, I don't have an aftermarket radio. I haven't done anything different to the vehicle in the last few months. But it could be that. But like I just said, hopefully it acts right. I get it ready to sell and sell it and it'll be somebody else's problem. The other day I was on Instagram. Well, I'm always on Instagram. And I was looking at the archive from the stories. I have mine set to save the archive. And I like looking back to see where I was or what we were doing, we as in everybody, and that day and time, X amount of years ago, the one I posted was from the House Party app last year. One year ago in April, we were just getting into the COVID era. House Party app. I don't think I've used it since last April. But at that time, everybody was jumping on Zoom meetings, House Party app, anything that you could talk to your friends, your family through, play games. There were all these games. And it didn't take long before that kind of fell apart. But it takes us back. This was, remember workout stuff? Everything was so into, okay, well, I can't go to the gym, so I'm going to work out at home. And then you couldn't find any workout equipment. And when you found it, it was so stupid expensive. And then everybody was all about their quarantine stories on social media. Day 52 of quarantine. Day 36. Here's my quarantine drink. Can't wait to get out and see people. A year later, COVID cases are still there. Sure, we have the vaccine, but states have fully opened up. Hell, some states never closed. 
and this isn't to get political. It's just kind of the nature that we are as a society where, and I've said this before, a year ago, something happens, we shut it all down. Now we find a way to work around it. And it's interesting. Also, no toilet paper, right? Last year at this time, it was so hard to find toilet paper. People were taking trucks, U-Haul trucks, rider trucks to grocery stores and buying out everything, then selling them on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, wherever at a premium. You could get a like a 16-pack double roll. Even on Amazon, a 16-pack double roll of toilet paper was like 120 bucks. And this was technically before the mask era. People were starting to wear masks. The jury was still out. Not everybody required them. We sure as hell didn't have the quality of the mask that we have available to us now. A year later, everyone was like, okay, well, I'll just cover my face with a t-shirt. Or we have some old pillowcases. Let's make some. Let's go to Joanne Fabrics and buy some generic-ass fabric and make a single-layer, 60-count thread face mask, which doesn't do jack shit for you. It's just funny how, how things change. Same problems, but things change. In fact, right now, in April of 2021, the country of India is leading the world in positive COVID tests. In fact, they are averaging over 200,000 cases a day. New cases, over 200,000. No one's talking about it because we're numb to it. So anybody who's actually listening from India, or if you're listening somewhere, like Zach Johnson, my friend over in Germany playing baseball, they have a whole new lockdown procedures. It's bad over there. So if you're out there, this is John Connor. This is the resistance. We will find you. No, but seriously, though, if you're out there, thank you for listening to the podcast. Keep your head up. Stay healthy. Do whatever you can. I want to talk a little bit about the George Floyd case. It was just recently announced. Derek Chauvin found guilty on all three accounts. And it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's so controversial for me to say this. Given everything that's happened. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. The betterment of the many outweigh the betterment of the few. And where I'm going with this is I feel like this is the only possible outcome. Like this, this outcome had to happen, even if there was evidence, because it wasn't a slam dunk. I know a lot of people were so emotionally fueled to say court of public opinion. We saw what happened. This dude is guilty. Burn his ass. But the world doesn't work like that. If you've ever sat on a trial, if you've ever been elected to be a juror, what you find out is it's, it's, it's not like TV. It's all about what is the prosecution seeking, what is the defense defending, and what can absolutely be proven beyond a reasonable doubt in court. Hell, a couple episodes ago, we are talking about the multimillionaire Ben Chen taking his Gimbala Porsche, one of two in the world, or three in the world, and ramming cars through Manhattan. Caught on video. Hit a police car, got off, because they could not prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was under the influence of something. And so this case was not a slam dunk case. And you can tell because there was, there was the National Guard set up just in case the verdict didn't go the way that the world wanted it to go. They didn't know. And so I did a little research. I go, okay, well, what was, their, what was the defense's defense? And one of their primary defenses was... We've all heard about the fentanyl. 
Well, he had he had lethal he as in George Floyd lethal doses of fentanyl in his system. He was ODing anyway. He would have died anyway. He actually died from that, not from what we all thought he died from. And it kind of made I wouldn't say it made sense, but when you watch the video, you can kind of see how things. You know, when you start panicking, your body starts doing different things to itself. I'm going to put myself out there. Here's the thing. I haven't always been a choir boy. I'm not a choir boy now. But I've done some shit in the past, and I've experimented with drugs. And I, at one point, took a lethal dose of a drug. And everybody who found out was worried, scared, sick, watching me all night, making sure I didn't fall into a certain state, had the right people around me. I was fine. I got past the danger zone, which was a certain amount of time, drove home. But here's what I always say about George Floyd and the fentanyl defense, because that was their defense. And again, the jury has to decide, would he in fact have died had the police not been there? The evidence suggests that he might have, but might, last time I checked, is not beyond a reasonable doubt. Because here's what I always say. You can hang off a cliff by your fingernails, your fingertips. You could be hanging off a cliff, and if you slip, you're going to drop 800 feet to your death. Or you could pull yourself up, but nobody will know. But if you stand, if someone's standing on your hands, if someone stands on one hand, your chances of falling off that cliff are dramatically, exponentially increased. If you're standing on both hands, you're going to fall and you're going to die. And we'll never know had you been able to pull yourself off that cliff. We don't know if George Floyd would have pulled himself off that cliff. All we know is that people were standing on his hands and he fell to his death. And so whether you agree with the verdict or not, you have to wipe away all emotion. And you have to ask yourself, if that was their defense, if that was their primary defense, not that he was following procedure because it's on record by police officers and sergeants that he was not really. But would George Floyd have died anyway? You can't answer that question. But if he was in that state where he could have died and he had extra stress and he had a knee on the back of his neck and whatever, 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 did that ultimately lead to his death? It's a lot easier to say yes. And guess what? More controversy. Imagine had he not been found. Imagine had he been found not guilty because they couldn't prove that. They couldn't prove that he was the deciding factor in George Floyd's death. The world would have burned because last year when he died, all over the world, remember, all over the world, people were rioting. Everywhere. Can you imagine had they said the jury found him not guilty? And so you have to wonder, having been in that courtroom before, as a juror, I was part of a juror that was the biggest decision against the state of Arizona in history. At least at the time I sat on that jury. Can you imagine what the world would have been like had he been found not guilty? Because there's a human element to everything. It's, you don't punch stuff into a calculation machine that kicks out a probability. The human Never underestimate the human element of anything. Because when we deliberated as jurors, we went back and forth in that room, and there were always at least one or two people on the other side. And you can't 
end it like that. And eventually they're like, fuck it. I'm tired. I want to go home. I'm tired of being here. Fuck it. And I don't know if that was the case. Hopefully not. But even if it were, it's one of those things where it's like this, this can only end one way because of what we saw last year, because of what we've heard in court, because of what we know is going to happen if this does not go this way. And all that's my opinion, just, just my personal opinion as a conflicted person. I'm not conflicted about the verdict because I believe that absolutely had to be the only acceptable verdict. Unless it was obvious to where, I mean, like blatantly obvious. It's like, come on, there's no way, there's no way. But it wasn't that. Nothing about this was a slam dunk on either side. But it happened. We move forward to the next controversy because there's so many controversies out there. But this was a huge decision. We'll find out from the fallout what's next. Coming up, Maui, Mike, Davis, Variant Wheels. It's time for the Builder's Corner segment sponsored by Four Wheel Online. For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. Dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any make or model on the road, their truck products cover everything to give your truck a custom look and added functionality. You need a wheel and tire package? Head over and use the configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires. So go get outfitted today. Visit them online at Four Wheel. That's the number four wheel online or call them at 813-769-2451. Welcome back, Maui Mike. I'm just going to call you Maui Mike. <laughs> the years, yep. I guess uh, the nickname sticks, I guess. <laughs> it's one of those things. As car people, we do this number, right, where we put in people's names based on how we've met them online or what car they drive. Right. Right. So you're just Maui Mike. Yeah, well. I think I it was Goblin Mike I for a while. I titled my name that on Facebook initially, but, uh, you know, Maui's just an amazing place, so I just stuck. So- we're here today because you'd asked to come back into studio to talk about the wheel game. Thank you for coming back. And yeah, what are course. we talking about today with wheels? Yeah. So basically, I mean, first and foremost, I, I want to get into the topic at hand. And it's kind of cool to come to your studio and just, you know, wanted to first and foremost say it's really neat to see how far you've come. We've really been in this at a long time. You know, at this point, all half the years that I've lived in this state, uh, I've been a part of One Auto and with seeing you and that movement and everything that you've kind of spun that off to be to get to do your own thing is uh is really cool it's really exciting i just wanted to say like i'm i'm proud of you personally and this is really cool i wanted to get an opportunity to see the studio in person and uh just get an idea of what this was all about so i'm i'm happy to see it it's cool you know it's funny and, and thank you for all that and you're as big as part of the one auto movement as as any couple things number one and you'll, you can answer this in a second, but remind us again how long you've been here. And number two, I've kind of had this this weird um, insecurity about the studio. Like I wanted to make sure it was good. And for the longest time, I would just would not invite anybody to the studio. But now it's at a space to where I don't mind having people in here. And it's still a work in progress, right. a little under construction. But now I feel a little more confident inviting people in. So you are the second person in studio the way it's configured right now. So That's very cool. That. Yeah, it's uh, it all comes in stages as anything would, but it's just it's neat to see, you know, the level that you've taken it to. It's it's a real profession, you know, transitioning from a hobby, it would feel. And I think that's that's really impressive. Well, you know me, man, it's 
I have to go at it full speed or no speed. Yeah. I think Deion Sanders had said one time, you have to look good to play good or something like that. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's all about, you know, inspiration and staying constantly fueled. And uh, it just seems like, you you know, you always have something to talk about and your content is always uh, super interesting. I've been really into the new, the podcast recently too. So, nice. you know, I don't want to just, uh, you know, just give you compliments for an hour here, but ultimately I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. This is really cool to see. I mean, if you want to give compliments for an hour, <laughs> by all means, Mike, I appreciate it. New segment. <laughs> new, that's right. The, the compliment J hour. You know, so I was toying around with a new segment for the other show, the shorter show called uh, J Subconscious. Gotcha. So that'd be kind of funny where I give an opinion on something and somebody else in the studio kind of tells them what I'm really thinking. Oh, yeah. And I would have like no control over what they say. And it's like. That would be oh. cool. Yeah. Because it's all about the reaction at that point. So yeah. last time you were here or last time we, we had talked, you were working with a different company. And now you're with Variant? Yeah, it's kind of cool, actually. So um, some people know, some people don't know. You know, most of the people that have our wheels that are local in that sense, they do know that Element Wheels owns Variant Wheels. So it's our in-house wheel brand. So in a sense, I've been in the industry for a couple years, jumped around from a few different shops. And from Element Wheels, I wanted to take that to another level, had a business proposition, it's all in transition. So, you know, it's an, it's an official thing. And so I'm very excited cool. to see what I can do with it, where we can take it, how big we can grow variant as a brand. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been really exciting. I've learned a lot more about Fitment than I ever could have imagined. And it's a constantly evolving game because these, sure. we, at least new cars keep coming out all the time with, you know, like now the BMW line with all the G cars, you know, if you didn't know from before they're transitioning to a five by one twelve bolt pattern. Okay, you know, what were they before? So 5x120 has been BMW okay. for, I don't know, 15, 20 years, probably more than that even, for almost every car. You know, they, they had transitioned a few years ago to some 5x112s, but it was more like in the X lineup and the SUV, the Toyota Supra, bolts instead of lug nuts. You know what I mean? It's like it's all BMW. So it, it was it's, it's kind of different to see how with all these new cars that come out, you kind of had to restructure some of your thinking with how mm. fitment works. And a lot of the manufacturers are actually getting better at fitment in general, you know, and their wheels hopefully are getting a little bit better. You know, some of the M car lineups there, the M3, M4, those wheels mm -hmm. look really nice. They fill out the fenders a good amount. Yeah, they look nice from the jump. Yeah, exactly. It's not like as soon as I buy this car, I'm going to get the first thing I'm going to do is get wheels. Like you can wait for a while. Like even when you put your factories back on, when you're getting your custom wheels done. Right. You can tell us about that in a minute. I mean, those factory wheels, great on your car. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I thought. I would be super annoyed by it, you know, because mm -hmm. when you sell a set of wheels before you have a new set of wheels and you just go back to your OEMs, you know, it's just a weird feeling like you're like, okay, well, especially since I do wheels and tires for a living. So, mm -hmm. you know, well, going back to stock felt super strange, but it didn't look bad at all. I never had that problem because I've never had the stock wheels for the NSX. So usually when I sell the wheels, my car is sitting on jack stands in yeah. the garage till the new wheels come. Right. But I've always wanted that. It's like once I sell those wheels, I can't do anything. But usually I, I time it perfectly. Like I go ahead and order the new wheels. Right. And hey, they'll be here in a couple of weeks. And then um, that's the only way I can do it with my wife or I get in trouble usually. I think generationally now you're seeing that a lot of kids are pretty much the majority of people now are daily driving the car that they're building. Right. And a lot of people don't have a backup car. So as crazy as the car is to have all this carbon on it and be lowered and, you know, have carbon fiber wheels and all kinds of things like that, you know, for a daily driver, you, you take care of it constantly. It's your baby and you don't really 
have a backup car. <laughs> so, right. you know, when you need those scenarios, you can't. And and yeah. building the car other than taking it to a shop or having the time to work on it yourself, if you don't have a backup car, uh, you got to do small things along the way. So it's, it's a different challenge for sure. Yeah. So go back. How long have you been here? So in Arizona, I've been here for about 11 years. Okay. All right. In the car community, after I was here for a couple of years, I would say about four, four and a half, mm -hmm. I started getting into cars here. And I met you before I even had the Subaru because I remember, uh, I can't remember the conversation, um, but at the time I had uh, a Mini Cooper and I had met okay. you at some event and it was before I was ever huh. into cars, right. but that was the car that I bought that ended up being a total nightmare mm -hmm. that uh, you know I would not recommend anyone in the world to buy a Mini Cooper. Uh, because, you know, <laughs> the experience for me was, uh, and it was automatic. So I hear that the manuals, there's a lot less issues, but every single thing that could go wrong went wrong with that car. And, uh, uh, any, anyways, whenever I started getting into the car scene, whenever I got the Subaru, when I traded in the Mini Cooper, um, that was when I started seeing more people in the Subaru groups that were trying to invite me around with the one auto stickers and everything. And so I just started seeing how big that community was and kind of right. getting the full realization of it. And we already, uh, at that point, you know, had met a couple times and developed more of a friendship as well. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's about half the years I've been here. I've been into cars and I can attribute, you know, a, a, more than a third of that directly towards one auto for sure. That's nice. So pivoting back to the wheel industry. So you've been in this for a while, but right? yeah, essentially four, four years four is years. what I've been doing this, uh, wheel entire thing specifically for. What are some of the biggest things that you think you've learned? Like, let's say everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of times you get into something and you're thinking you have pretty good knowledge about it. But what are some of the things that you've learned over the last four years, just being in the pure wheel and tire industry that maybe you didn't know before? Actually, that's a, that's a really good question because the common misconception for a lot of people with fitment is that the offset is going to determine the profile of the wheel. So... What I've learned is that since the profiles are pre-built, mm -hmm. even if they're machined from a blank, the profile has to accommodate a certain set of brakes and brake factors. And so since that profile is only going to work for a certain setup, mm -hmm. you can make the effectively a 12 wide wheel with a very high offset. A 12 wide is obviously a wider wheel, so it would come out further, right? But if you take an 11 wide wheel and go to the same aggressive offset as what that 12 is, when you do the calculation, the face sits in the exact same position. Right. So all it is, is the width of the tire, which isn't really or the wheel power. Right? Yeah. The width yeah. of the wheel in conjunction with the tire, right? Cause how much power are you put, how much are you actually putting on the ground? What's your real contact patch? So learning that has, uh, has kind of opened my eyes to fitment because for certain things that you can't accomplish for certain cars, but you want to accomplish it for other cars you can adjust the math to make it make sense for that car. Right. And if the profile is made in the right fit that you need, then you can make a wheel that they want to work with that car work. Because a lot of mm -hmm. wheels now you can build from a blank, which allows sure. you to create the offset that you want. And that's what Variant Wheels is all about. So me in my new position, I'm if, you know working for a company that's essentially building wheels from a blank with preset profiles. So our thing is two-week turnaround time flat. And basically, we can take care of any local in two weeks, built your custom wheel to your car. That's it could be an really innate fast. competition or it could be, 
you know, an NSX. Right. Well, for you, of course, we can't do an 18. We have to do 19s and 20s. So, and we all know your car looks better on 18, 19 than 1920 for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 18, 19 and, and 17, 18 is a popular profile for, for the first gen NSXs, but I do have an Infiniti FX 50S outside. Yeah. But I think my plan for that until I get all the little bugs ironed out is to just throw it on coilovers and lower it and then kick it out with some spacers until I get around to getting some wheels. That's what most people do. Most pe- And plus yeah. it gives you an idea of the fitment you're going to want. Yep. So then all it is is somebody working with you to find out that math to convert that into an actual wheel that you want. A lot of, because not every wheel manufacturer offers custom. Like they have, okay, you can get this 22 inch wheel by nine and a half wide, nine and a half inches wide. And your options are plus 43, plus 25, whatever. Right. And then other places, you guys, in a few other places, you can tell them, okay, I need a plus 20. I need a plus 18, plus 17. Why do you think some of the manufacturers are still selling off the rack is what I call it. Like for, I don't, I never knew if it's called niche or niche, but like I'll call it niche or niche, niche wheels, niche wheels. I would say niche wheels would probably be the, the one, the term that's most used. Well, okay. So it's so like niche a wheels. A lot of people they, pronounce it exactly like you do niche at they don't first. Know. Exactly. Yeah. But they have some nicer wheels, but those are the ones where they're not really hub centric. So you have to get the hub centric adapters. Right. And you're stuck with whatever they have. And then you have to adjust it after you get Making it, it like, work for your car. Yeah. Like, why do you think manufacturers like that don't offer for lower price, over, lower cost overall, maybe? I would say it's for the same reasons that the industry is having an issue right now. And that's being able to source the metal and the material. The material to be available on a large scale for mass production like that to also have you know, and also timelines. People are just, we're in the generational Amazon era. You know, this is where everybody thinks it comes at the snap of a finger. And they think that our industry works that way as well. Generally speaking, most of the customers I've dealt with have this expectation that it is a one to four day turnaround kind of thing. And a lot of times, if it's custom off the rack, stuff, it can be. Yeah, exactly. So you could do it day of if you have the time to get it installed and they find a wheel they want and it's in stock local. So I think that that's the benefit is you have retail shops that are able to make a sale on the spot because people are impulsive with that decision. Discount tire and stuff like that. They usually have access to American Racing will just say, I don't know enough about them, but I'm pretty sure like niche, they're probably not offering custom offsets and everything. Right. They actually used to offer custom built wheels, but no, not custom offsets for the general lineup of all the wheels that are affordable that everybody can see in every catalog. Right. Because they had custom built wheels literally weeks before COVID had happened. They basically stopped doing that. And Mm -hmm. and so what a lot of people may or may not know is you have niche wheels, you have rotiform, Mm -hmm. uh, you have fuel, you know, moto metal, KMC, all of those brands you've seen on cars around here. And they're all owned by the same company. Right. And so that company that, uh, you know, is essentially the parent company for all these brands, you know, they created a really easy to use system for all retailers so that it's like, if it's in stock, it's in stock. I can get it to you in X amount of time and you're ready to go. And I feel like people don't buy wheels and tires as much for a need as, you know, it's obviously more of an impulse buyer. It's more of a want, right? Unless you're a a true car enthusiast, which you're going to get those people as well. 
Um, people generally come off off the street because they're tired of what the stock looks like, or they want a little personality. They want to mm-hmm. do something that looks different than what everybody else has. What is the biggest secret or unknown thing about the wheel industry, period? And I ask this because when I go back and I'll say, I'll look, I haven't really seen this so much with Variant, but like, let's say I take, if if I look at Rohana wheels and then I compare those to BC Forged, and then I compare those to even, I would say, some of the forge line wheels. If you just take away the center cap, it looks like the same exact wheel. So I think the thought yeah. is everyone thinks everybody is truly creating their own in their backyard. Are these essentially all coming from like one of two places? Uh, I wouldn't say that. I would say one of two areas. I right. say the part of the globe that produces the material to get you what you need is from the same place. And that's definitely eye-opening for right. sure. Then I draw that comparison because I have a cousin and he's one of the first people to sell chimneyas in the United States. Oh, okay. And I went with him over to China in 2006 to the factories and we would see almost identical designs as his, but for other companies over here. Gotcha. So it's almost like, okay, well, let's stamp out these 50 and 25 go to, we'll just use variant as an example for this conversation. Sure. 25 is going to variant and 15 are going to here and 10 are going to forge line and five are going to BC forge as opposed to BC forged having their own separate dedicated whatever molds. I would say that that would be the one that would directly answer your question. Yes, because in the sense of it being a secret, most people don't know that there's a handful of companies that are going to produce that metal and make it readily available. Right. And so when you have different companies that want to mass produce wheels and they all make it from the same material in the same way, but the material is low or you're having an issue, that's an industry-wide issue. And that becomes a problem for every single brand, no matter who the brand is. And the other thing is a lot of people seem to think that price is determined based off the wheel brand. And in a sense, they can set their own price for sure, but it's more quality. And so it's people not being educated on the difference in the types of wheels you can buy. Because yes, you can buy a niche wheel, but it's a cast wheel. If you hit a pothole hard enough, cracks, breaks, bends, you might have a problem. It's very affordable to replace. So it makes sense for it to be in that price range Mm -hmm. and for what it's doing. But then you have Forge, which is extremely expensive, and you get have your cake and eat it too. You build exactly what you want, the color you want, the size you want, the fit you want, and you get everything. But then in the middle is basically what everybody you know doesn't know about, and that's kind of what Variant is all about, is the flow-formed wheels. And so, yes, we build the three-piece wheels and the fully custom-built stuff. Right. But if I can turn around a wheel for you that's lighter weight, stronger, and better built than many other wheels out there on the market at a very affordable price and in two weeks flat, that's pretty impressive. And so that's kind of what we're trying to stick with right now is our quicker turnaround times, more orders, and getting past the grassroots, getting the name out there to everywhere. So how would you define affordable price? Because wheels prices can be everywhere. So let's let's go, we'll take, for example, the cast wheel, right? The cast niche wheel. I think even HRE has like a cast series that costs significantly less than the rest of their wheels. Right. Because there's there's, there's also... A brand tax. There just is with everything, right? Yeah. And so that's where I was saying there's a little bit of deviation because right. the company still chooses where they can set their price. Right. Yeah. So it's like an HRE wheel. I'm going to expect not to, not, not that it's really that much better than anything else, but over the years, we just expected to pay two, three, four thousand dollars per wheel. Right. You know, whereas somewhere else might be $500 a wheel for a similar size, but it won't even look nearly as cool. Right. And then going back to what I was saying earlier about the about the center caps, like you could put 
three companies' wheels next to each other, and they're they almost look like they're the exact. You they're take like the center cap off, and wheel. they all look like they're the same styling. Yeah, yeah, almost identical, except for maybe one slight change. Right. But how would you define affordable? I would say affordability is because uh, is is based upon a series of factors. You have if nobody cares about the weight of the wheel you know, the physical, how mm-hmm. lightweight the wheel would be because weight of wheels is important. And if you are an enthusiast, you know why it's important, but for a lot of people, they don't care about that. So for a retail space, a really affordable wheel that I would almost consider, see, cause I'm thinking affordable is kind of a mid category, right? I'm mm-hmm. thinking cheap is a category right below it. Right. So a cheap wheel would be like a niche wheel. Cause you're going to get in at $200 a wheel. You're going to get in at 230 a wheel. You're going to get 17s to 19s. Closer and not to $500 a wheel. You know, and it depends where you go for sure and what yeah. wheel you get. But a lot of times now you can get 20 inch wheels for $300 a wheel. And that's a pretty impressive price for the most part, but it's all cast in that price range. Would you differentiate the word cheap from inexpensive? Um, That's an interesting question. Because I think you can be, those can be two very different things. Well, and I don't want to sound insensitive either, if that's the right. reason why the question's being asked. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that cheap dictates quality, quality right. as well as price. Yeah. And a niche wheel is a name that you know because niche is out there, like crazy out there. But unless it's a forged niche wheel, it's not better quality necessarily. And that's not a knock on the company. They're mm-hmm. doing that intentionally. They're be able to mass produce wheels. But you, you know? could have a you can have a well-made wheel that doesn't carry the name brand and it could actually I mean, let's face it, for 99% of the people out there, you can get away with a lot of the wheels, whether they're $500 wheels or $5,000 wheels. It just comes down to a lot of times flash. I mean, unless you're doing competition and like you were saying earlier, well, you know, the true enthusiasts understand the weight difference. Yeah, but it's like having big brakes. Right. right? They're more cosmetic than anything. Do they work? Factory brakes work just as well. Well, and it's negligible, right? It's only you're you're talking that if you want to break world records, right? Right. Because that's how much of a difference you're talking. But it makes enough of a difference that the people that are going to buy that style of wheel makes a difference to them are going to buy it for that. Because even for the NSX, I want lighter as lighter wheels as possible. But if each wheel was five pounds more. That doesn't mean I'm going to be slower. Yeah. And you're not going to turn off from the wheel you want just because of a five pound difference per wheel. Yeah. Right. And I just, I I asked that for the listeners, you know, because they're they're not as techie. And then going back to wheel, we were talking about the BMWs earlier, how they've switched from what, 520, a 5120 to what you said, 5112. By 112. So that's five lugs for people listening. So, So you look at your, your wheels. If you have five lug nuts, that's what the five means. Right. Yes, correct. And then your 112 versus 120. Is that the distance? The difference between that would be the distance between the difference of the distance between each hole as it's side by side. Yeah. And that's in millimeters directly across. I don't know why, but it seems like everything I buy is like 5 by 114.3. Yeah, it seems to be, Must be pretty probably common. the world's most common bolt pattern, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Because I mean, every JDM car and every American car and most of peop- where you can get cars in the world would be that unless you're talking European or higher end. Tell my listeners why this mindset doesn't work. And the mindset is I have two completely different vehicles. They're both five by one, 14.3. Oh, I can just take one wheel and put it on the other car because they have the exact same. Like, why is that just totally wrong? Uh, There's a series of factors. One that people forget about the most is the hub size. So the hub size of your wheel isn't going to be the same for 
a Nissan Maxima as it is for a Kia Stinger. You know what I mean? So yeah, you could, you could even get the offsets right. But if you don't have the hub rings to close the gap between the difference of the exact size of the hub of the wheel and the hub of the vehicle, then you're going to have an uncomfortable experience when you're driving. It's going to shake a lot and cause issues. And yeah. so hub rings are pretty much needed all the time, even on the flow form wheels we were talking right. about earlier. Hub rings are like an expectation in our industry. And if you know wheels, you know that a lot of cars now will still need those hub rings because just like we were talking about earlier with the profiles, I'm not going to have, as if I make a wheel and I'm a company making wheels, right? If I make a wheel that has a 66.1 and a 73.1 and a 72.6, and that covers 98.9% of the entire industry, right? Then why do I have to create all these other profiles for all these other wheels? It's not effective. So that's why hub rings are needed in a lot of cases, because a lot of these new hubs and newer vehicles and stuff, they change. Or a lot of vehicles that are European, they have unnatural hub sizes, and or Jack, Japanese cars have very small and unnatural hub sizes. So hub size is one of them for sure. That's yep. the one that's usually commonly overlooked. Yep. The offset's super important as well, because you may be too far out the fender, and then you got to add camber, and you got to align it, and you got to do a bunch of crazy stuff. A lot of times people that you see running the super crazy wide wheels, it wasn't because they made that decision. It was because they thought it was going to fit. <laughs> right. right. And they had to make it fit. Yeah. Because why have that entire investment for no reason? So, and you see, I mean, obviously people like that too, but. Sure. Yeah. Then that's what, I, those, that's kind of the answers I was fishing for um, because it's not like, do your research. Yeah. And it's, it's always important. like, hey guys, will these wheels fit on there? Well. It's just free tools. I use it all day long at, yeah. at work, you know? Yep. So they're all available for anybody to see. It's important to know your hub size and the wheel and what you're, you know, because the thing is, is you could get the offset, right? Mm -hmm. But the design of the face helps you clear certain brakes and it won't clear other brakes. So you have two offsets. You have somebody sending you a message. Hey, I got this on my car. This fits. We're good to go. Right. Right. But then you put it on a different car with the same offset that you've seen work on that car. But because of the way the face is designed, the math made sense, but the face is too concave. So you still right. need a spacer to clear it. So sometimes it's not just the math. Sometimes it's the design of the wheel as well. Sometimes it comes down to the thickness of the powder coat on the caliper. Like literally, if they, from the factory, applied it no, too that's thick, 100%, yep. millimeters could break you because yep. look how much you clear. Yep. On your brakes, you're probably clearing by about a credit card, maybe two credit cards. Yeah, maybe two credit cards in the front, right? Yeah, and see, that's a funny thing that our enthusiast crowd likes to tout. It's a cool thing when you barely clear the caliper. You it just know? makes for a cleaner look. Yeah, it you does. Know? It's just it's like making sure your wheels, you kind of your wheels' entire profile lines up with the lines of your car. And it feels very purposeful. It feels like yeah. it's engineered to perfection, and right. that that matters to people for sure. What are some of the things that you've seen? Or even so recently, when someone comes in, other than wanting a wheel now, which we know is rare, it's rare now, it's rare in the past for custom wheels, but what are some of the things that you've seen that have kind of surprised you, if anything? When someone comes in and, and you've, you've seen kind of this, this weird trend of requests and you're wondering where these requests are coming from. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the stigma, like I said earlier, of the Amazon era, everybody wants it now. People expect things to be day of and all of the industry is having an issue getting product, much less being able to book their appointments and get everybody done day of. You know, if you have a customer who's a loyal customer to you and they have a blowout, 
you want to take care of that customer. Right. Why can't you make an hour of room to take care of that blowout for them? Right. But you're at a point where you're so overbooked for weeks at your mm -hmm. shop, no matter the size of your shop, which is great for business. Right. Mm -hmm. But you have a supply and demand issue. If the metal isn't being made enough and you don't have enough coming overseas or you don't have enough companies in America willing to buy it in bulk enough to get a low enough price or their price isn't good enough that they're not getting enough metal put in, then you have such a demand, which is awesome. Like everybody wants to spend their, uh, you know, uh, their, their checks, their Biden checks, their Trump checks, you know, uh, yeah. everybody wants to spend that, but, uh, you, you know, they're knocking at your door and you don't have material. So it's, it's a big issue in the industry. And, uh, it's been quite a surprise that slapped a lot of people in the face because we are enthusiasts. We love our stuff, but we try to plan around what we're going to do. A lot of, a lot of times, like you said, your car might be on jacks and the day it's not on jacks, you might have a plan to go take it somewhere to get something done. But if you don't plan that plan ahead, then you're not going to get it done. And then you haven't utilized that time effectively. And it depends on your job schedule and your work schedule. But a lot of times people can't reschedule that easily. And so it's, it's quite frustrating whenever you have an entire group of people that want to give you business, they're flooding your doors, but you can't get anything done in a timely manner. You got to book everybody out a few weeks. You got to have people that are more understanding. So the challenges that we're facing from the COVID-based, I guess, economy, as you will, is everybody in the industry where they get their metal and the tendencies of those factories where those things are made changed into major crackdown mode at the break of COVID. And a year later in March, we're still having in that issue an even bigger problem because you have all this metal that we're trying to get in to make three-piece custom-built wheels. And when you give somebody a three to four month ETA, that's a long time for wheels, right? That's a very long time for wheels. But that's a very long time for most people right now. You're looking at eight or nine months and that's an almost impossible amount of time. That's the amount of time you well, can't ask somebody to wait that well, that's and about put their like, money like, in front. I feel like that's for a complete custom wheels like you have on your BMW. Right. And not everybody's going to request that, right? Most people aren't, I wouldn't think. Exactly. But that's one of those things as well. Like going back to the- It makes it difficult to make that sale though. Yeah. But know? going back to that question, because I don't know, maybe I didn't ask it correctly, but it's like- if, No, I think if, I trailed off. You're good. You're good. Someone coming in and say, hey, I want purple barrels and red faces, like some weird trend that you're like, where the hell did this come from? Have you seen anything like that? Or maybe you haven't. Uh, trend. Are, are, Let's are, see. Are people trending more toward two or three piece wheels now than they did four years ago? Or are people asking for Romanos or 18 requests going away? Or, or are the civics keeping that going? Um, I mean, I guess that's a, it's a difficult question. There's, I can only, I guess. I'll it's like what you've seen. I'll speak more from the BMW perspective because okay. I drive a BMW and I'm in the BMW community. A lot of people want to run their OEM wheels with spacers and they just rock that fit, that original classic fit. And, uh, you know, spacers is okay, but it's more of a guideline to get you where you want to be. And I don't see it as a long-term decision, you know, for the most part. You want to get the fitment you want and then you want to make the wheel that you need. And that's why I was talking about the affordability of the other wheels so you can build the wheel. There's a lot of track guys who run spacers that have the spacer specifically made and that's all they run. Right. For the wheels. Well, because they're trying to get it further away from the suspension because they know how much it's going to compress when they're going crazy into the corners and how their tire size matters and a lot of different factors. So, yeah, I mean, that that definitely is important. You kind of made me think of a follow-up question, though. Being a BMW and a lot of people like running OE wheels with spacers or people coming in saying, hey, I want, what wheels do you have that look just like the OE wheels but bigger? 
That, oh, that's actually, that is a good question because that does answer your question better. You have a lot of people that want to run a wheel that's factory from a car that's OEM. And that's, there's a huge market for resale for replica wheels. There is, And, yeah. and people love replica wheels, like even a brand new Challenger or Charger, because they can come in and get the wheel that they have from factory. And again, we're talking about a cast wheel, super affordable, mm -hmm. right? Um, you're going to be able to get that wheel in an 11 wide now with a right. super aggressive offset. And then you throw some tires on there and you get that full look and you don't have to use spacers. And so if you're going to run cast wheels anyways, I think that's a better fit, you know, yeah. is to get the replica wheel that would fit the body of the car that you want. So those are being made a lot and there's a lot of offset ranges and a lot of finishes. So replica wheels are getting really, really big. Are you finding that hurting the custom industry a little bit? Uh, I mean, have you noticed that kind of a change? You've had to turn <clears> more people away because they're looking for that. And I mean, the cast wheels, I don't know what all Element offers. I know they have a wide array, uh -huh. wide range. Yeah. But are you are you guys carrying a lot of cast wheels? And if so, it's there used, there used to be a place called I think VR four wheels or something out of California that we actually bought replicas for our old. Audi, they were RS4 wheels for yep. our old. I think that is the name of the business. I think I know what you're talking like about. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of, it seemed like they kind of had the market in that, you know, but if I were to go into Element, I mean, do, would they have, or do they just don't carry stuff like that? Is everything usually? Everything that Element wheels carries is pretty much everything that gives the full range from your absolute budget friendly wheel to your absolute crazy, you get everything you want wheel. Yeah. So we really do carry everything as far as, you know, you know, from the niche wheels, the KMC, the XD, the fuel wheels, right. Moto Metal, all those regular brands. You have a lot of people that want uh, Avant Garde on their European cars. That's a big brand that's out right. there. You got Ace Alloy, Ferrada, Rohana. You know, those are really nice flow form brands where they're up upping their quality as well. Um, but with all of those brands or a majority of those brands, they don't do that customization factor. So you still have that, is this wheel in the perfect offset for me question, right? And if it's not, then you use a spacer to make up the difference. So it's ideal if you don't have to do making, you know, using a spacer. Without, without naming, because I, I don't want to put you in a, in a fun position, but without naming the companies or company, a lot of those brands you you named, you see them popular, usually oversized. And are people buying a lot of those wheels because that's what they see in culture? If that if that question makes any sense, but they're not very good wheels. Because my thought is some of those wheel brands, it's like I based on what I see them on, that can't be a good wheel, it can't be a good look, but I understand people want them because they think that's what looks cool. Right. I mean, when you hear you're spending less than three grand for wheels and tires and you have 26s on your car, that's an impressive thing to hear, you know. But when you hear the quality of that wheel, you know, you, you got to know what you get. And that, that comes down to your salesperson, you know. If they're just there to push you whatever's the first thing, then, you know, they're just there to get a sale. But I'll be honest with the customer, let them know, hey, this is a cast wheel. It's a bigger wheel. It's not going to be as comfortable of a ride. You know, daily but driving 26s versus daily driving 22s is a big difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some cast wheels. Are all cast wheels made equal? This mm -hmm. is kind of doubling back from earlier, but there's got to be some where they're like, hey, I got 26s blank brand. And you're like, oh, okay. Versus, ooh. Yeah, there is that. And the stigma doesn't really come from quality, believe it or not. It comes from the customer service aspect. There's yeah. not a lot of really good quality 
customer service fitment experts. Yeah. You'd be surprised when you call a wheel company and you ask them fitment related questions for your vehicle and they can't answer them or they need to fumble around. Mm-hmm. And I'm not touting, you know, tooting my own horn. I'll still use Google. I'll still use my resources. I'll still use whatever I need to from time to time. Um, but with experience is the only time that you get that confidence that you understand. Cause y- you commit to selling somebody a wheel tire package. You're telling them it's going to fit. If it rubs, that's on mm, you. Right. Yeah. That's a four thousand dollar right. order potentially on yep. you. That's a big deal, you know. So you just gotta you gotta be careful. You gotta be safe. You gotta make sure you check off all the boxes. You gotta do all the math correctly and make sure that uh, everybody gets the fitment that they're after. And real quick before I lose my train of thought, because <laughs> earlier I was talking about you were asking me about the thing that people keep requesting. I think you mentioned right. maybe briefly, some goofy trend. You were no, helping me goofy, try to come but, up with an right. idea for the question you had and. Uh, Chrome, man, Chrome is dying and people don't understand that Chrome is dead. You know, the the actual regulation of doing Chrome, um, you know, you you have uh, obviously I, I, have you done a podcast yet on the current situation with what's happening with California, with all those street takeovers and how nope. that's causing the EPA to want to shut everything down and get I've seen that, core yeah, on but I haven't. Yeah, we haven't touched on it. So and there's a whole nother aspect where we could do a whole nother show on just that alone. But essentially the EPA shut down all chroming facilities in America. I mean, almost every single chroming facility. If you want a chrome wheel, it's coming from China and it's taken four months. When I think about chrome, I think either old school, somebody in the hip hop culture that doesn't know shit about wheels. They just like the chrome or motorcycles, Harleys. That's usually where my brain goes when it goes to chrome. I don't I don't go to like the street wheel and streetcar takeover. Yeah. And do people understand that you can get a polished wheel and it looks the same as chrome, but weighs like a third of the or fourth of the weight? The weight is different. The The ability to clean it is easier. It doesn't pit like real chrome. I mean, having a st- as stubborn of a mind as I have to have chrome only is really not knowing your options. Right. Yeah. Because chrome really is, in that sense, dead for a reason, you know? it's ev- In every way, your finish is going to deteriorate at every car wash. You know, you're going to have a harder time keeping it clean, keeping it from pitting. You know, chrome picks up absolutely everything. But it's this, I think it's this stigma where, uh, you know, people want to see this reflection of their wheel. That's what the chrome lips is all mm-hmm. about. You yeah. know, so many people want polished or chrome lips with two or three piece wheels because they really want to see that reflection with the the actual face of the wheel and how concave it is. Like something, there's there's certain part of the community that just really, you know, goes crazy for that stuff. And I, and and the polished lips, like you said, is how you would counter that. You just do polishing. You put a clear coat on it. Yeah, it slightly diminishes the brilliance of what chrome would be. But other than that, you know, you're still getting the same thing as what chrome would. It's way easier to clean and maintain too. Is it harder to convince people? Do people get it when you when you try to tell them that the high polished wheel is the same as chrome, but ten times better, or they just keep pushing back? Uh, well, it's, it's usually not a discussion because we don't tend to have a lot of backup options because what we do is, is we try to provide a ton of options that are in a finish. That's not uh, a problem to get. Cause if I can't get it or if it takes forever, I'm holding out that customer's money that long. You know, a lot of times semi custom built stuff, you got to pay hundred percent up front. So if you're waiting four months and there's your money just waiting, that's, that's hard to stomach for sure. For a lot of people. 
I'm wondering as as you answer that question and we talk about chrome wheels and my brain goes to it and I'm just like everybody else. It automatically starts equating chrome to quality to cast to forge to wheel availability and having to turn people away. I would just think maybe through ignorance or being too remiss on the availability options, there's going to be less people that come into your place because I would hope that most people coming to your place kind of have an idea a little bit more about the scene and what's out there versus someone going to discount tire and flipping through their catalog and seeing what they have on the wall. I like, I wonder how those industries are doing in this time. Cause I would imagine most of those are cast or steel wheels. Cause when I think of Chrome, sometimes I think of those just steel wheels that have been dipped in. Chrome. Yeah. Yep. The Chrome dip, the PVD Chrome is right. what they would call it. Yeah. Uh, which is all your fuel wheels and all your, you know, um, niche wheels and stuff like that. So again, those cast wheels, it's a process of chroming them, that PVD chrome, yeah. because the EPA won't shut down something like that because the apparently real chrome is is extremely hazardous to the environment, mm. right? So it's a, it's an extremely in-depth process. If you ever have time and you just hop on YouTube and watch a 20-minute video of one item being chromed, you'll be like, it's insane how much right. gear they have to wear and how much they have to protect their breathing and their Crazy. environment. And it's, it's a really hazardous thing to do. So, uh, let, you know, polished is the way to go. Absolutely. Turn it around quicker. It's easier. It's better. It's better to maintain. It's lighter weight, stronger. It's more affordable. You can buy more of it here locally. You don't have to source it as far. So definitely I would say polished is the way to go. Where do you think trends are headed? And this is kind of an open question, right? Like where are wheels, wheel trends headed? Because I always find myself going back to the traditional five spoke split five, something split five in instead of multi-spoke because, you know, with the old BMWs and even in the 2000s, we started going to multi-spoke straight wheels. And now it's the wheels are kind of all over the place. But what do you think, what do you think is trendy now that's going to be, that look dumb in five years? Not really dumb, but look dated. Versus where do you think we're going to be in five years with wheels? I think a lot of your classic discontinued JDM wheels that keep getting rebuilt for people's fitment on their cars. I think you're going to see that trend start to go down a lot more as those are less available because they're recirculating old product. And since right. they're not making the wheel being discontinued, it's eventually going to be, you know, kind of dying out because you do see a lot of people that have pride in their discontinued JDM wheels that they're putting on their car. And I think that'll, that'll change. Um, but the six spoke I'm hoping, I mean, I guess, I don't know if that's i uh, I'll probably get some hate for that for sure. But the six spoke is kind of a classic design, like you said, but I think it's very worn out. I think it's very hard to make it original. I think that pretty much anybody who has one, they all look exactly the same. So it's very really, similar. Yeah. The, the split fives or the sixes and sevens. It's very difficult. Yeah. To, to really, to really break the mold with that. But again, it still gets, you know, they're surprised. You know, I'm surprised by wheels that keep getting remade and, and newer, cooler, crazier concave, insane stuff that I, I don't even understand the engineering of how that holds the wheel together. You know what right. I mean? So there's definitely, uh, I think, I, th I think it'll be a little bit crazier and a little bit less classic just because of the generation and how the generation handles their cars, because you have a lot of people that are very loud with their cars and their wraps and their paints. It's, it's amazing. Mm, yeah. When you There's go to a, a car show, I mean, how, how many that. cars are wrapped? I mean, yeah. that's nuts. You yeah. know, 
because you can maintain your paint. And if you love your paint, you know, then it's uh, there's a whole section of painted cars and a whole section of wrapped cars. And it's not like you only have 20, 30 of them. It's like you have 300 cars at a show, 150, I'm 100 of them are wrapped. wrapped yeah. So, you know, and that's, and that's also, they can be a, a more affordable option to be able to change up your style and your color. And that's the other thing is people changing their style. That's a mm-hmm. generational thing too. Yep. They're constantly jumping from one thing to another and the next fashion trend and everything like that. And but with the social media fueling that, I think you're going to see people being a little bit flashier with their wheels. I do. Yeah, so I probably think, more golds and probably more crazy spiral, like way out there, you like know, pinwheel style, yeah, pinwheel style designs. Those are, those are probably going to be actually, I guess those are, there's like a thin line that. between turbine, right. And kind of the pinwheel look is turbine or like, cause you're filling it out with more spokes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. But people love that classic Krager look with that five spoke, that traditional yeah, like kind of rounded. Five. Yeah. And for that, I don't think the lich will ever go away yep. because you're always going to have a crowd that always brings money because they want better fitment in the same classic style wheel for their classic vehicle. And that's cool. Give that to those guys. And those, those even work on, on modern muscle. And I yeah. don't know if it's just a psychological thing, you know, but if you throw some Kragers, I mean, I think the, what is it? The Steve McQueen, the bullet edition Mustang, doesn't it come with yeah, Krager with looking wheels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why they're so hard to get aftermarket because it's so OEM controlled. Yeah. You know, Krager styles are out there. Right. But who knows what brand you're dealing with that, you know, again, replica wheels are not designed for quality. They're designed for affordability. Yep. But, and to give somebody, you know, a little bit better fitment on whatever car that they need it on. Whatever happened to, um, and this is, I don't even know if you know the answer to this, but ADV1, are they still out there? I thought, didn't they Actually, join yeah. with like Momo or something or Momo bought them out or something like that? Or? Um, so yeah, so if you don't know the the company tree, essentially, uh, MW company owns Ford Star, Momo, they own the one we, the one you just- ADV1? ADV1, yeah. Okay, yeah. And so really good, amazing, super high quality, amazing wheels. They um, are now? In, insane designs, yeah, the ones that they are now. If you're talking about Avid, that's no, 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 no. I'm talking about ADV1 ADV1, wheels. yes. But because again, you're talking about the company structure and how controlled they are and how well, they like can six get a years ago, to a customer. Yeah, six years ago, you would you would essentially spend sixteen, eighteen thousand dollars for a set of wheels. And they weren't quality wheels at all. So people were buying for the advertising because they were brilliant marketing. Yeah. But at least at at least at one time they had some serious quality control issues. That's interesting because I didn't know that. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I got into the game after that to not know yep. that that was a and so that was a big brand at that time. It sounds for that luxury. You it know, was you're going to spend that kind of money. Yeah, if you have a Ferrari or if you have a I guess at the time like a Murcielago, like all their advertising was ADV1 wheels on Murcielagos and yeah. Ferraris and stuff. Super high end, super super high end. You see them in person, like like. Uh, like gold rush rally cars essentially, but you see them in person and they're just not built very well. And you ask around the industry and people have had nothing but problems with them. And they went almost belly up until they were swept Which up. Which is usually what happens, right? Yep. I mean, you hear every single story, you yep. get to the absolute precipice, you're about to fall off and make the absolute, you know, you make one last risk or you take one last, last stride and your company turns around for the better. Yeah. I mean, yep. I met him at SEMA, great guys, amazing quality wheels. They yeah. had some stuff on some wide body cars. They had a wide body Urus that was full carbon and an absolutely beautiful setup of wheels. And they're well, very, glad. I mean, they're I very just, touted out there as far as people that want to spend those that wheels, kind of money. Man. I used to daydream about them and I was like, eh, cause really at the end of the day for me, it's like, all right, well I would still spend my money. And that's why I went with a forge line wheel. But that's why I would go to a forge line wheel or an HRE wheel because I trust 
whether that's fact or fiction, as a right. consumer, you trust the brand, you trust the BBS because they've been around forever. Well, there's a handful of companies that have allowed themselves to contain their own operations in-house to the level where they can really improve that quality control. Yeah. And BBS is one of them, and HRE is one of them, and Boston is another one. And so there's a couple, just a handful, that just control it so well that everything, the finishing, the fitment, the every, every department just works together. All the hands shake. I'm glad you brought up Boston because Boston's a wheel that isn't very expensive. The starting price, yeah. Yeah, they're starting again, price every, on Every Vossens. series yeah. is available just like any other brand. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, I look at them, I'm like, you know, that's not, that's not bad, yeah. you know? The not in the cheap category, I guess, that I mentioned earlier, right? It's kind of in that middle category, yeah. really in that affordable, everybody can get it on their daily driver, general fitments work for most cars. Right. And that's, that's the thing is if they can make wheels that work for most cars, does it matter if their other wheels don't work for the other ones? Those people have to pay to do them custom. You know, if you get a Fiat Abarth that comes into your shop, you ain't going to find hub rings for it. So he's going to have a bad experience any yeah. wheel he buys. And no one yeah. will tell you that. Because yeah. you can only fit a 17 or 18 max on it. Yeah. And no wheels are made in flow form in 17 or 18. It's getting so no harder. no one's going to admit to you that mm-hmm. that, because they have the one person that they can sell to with that in that four lug, and they find the wheel that they like. It's oh, still that's a not, four by pattern too? Yeah. It's wow. A, it's a four by 98. Yeah. Wow. Fiat Abarth. That one was a nightmare, man. You couldn't find custom built hub rings. You could, we had to have a machinist custom build hub rings for a customer because he was having such bad shake and vibration. And, uh, you know, that's, it's not common, right? So you don't have to make a profile for that one Fiat Abarth because it's not really ever going to happen. You know, it's very, very rare. So that's where those custom wheels come in mind. The, only those people are going to need it. And anybody else, it's only an impulse buy. But if I want to impulse buy something and get it in three months, yeah, sure. it sucks. I don't yeah. want to wait three months, right? right. That sucks. But I hear nine, 12 months, like I'm done. There's no way you got my money. It's not going to happen. And I do wheels for a living. So I'm kind of bashing my own thing. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to create that stigma, but at the same time, I want to get the truth, the reality out there. Well, that's why you're in studio today. How bad it really is. It's truly at an all time bad where, cause you know, what's cool. Cause you said, what's something people don't know. You know how no many, a lot of people don't know that steel is in tires, right? Yeah. 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 And it's just a, not a thing you think about, right? Yeah. But if you know, it's pretty common. It's pretty normal. Yeah. But if you don't know, it's 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 a very eye-opening. And that's coming from the same place in the world. So you're having just as big of an issue sourcing tires as wheels. And so you go to order wheels. You wait to get the order confirmed because why order tires, get it shipped in, pay all that shipping, and then the order drops through for whatever reason. You need to make sure your pieces are in order. And so by the time you go to order the tires, they're gone. And if you order them ahead of time, you're running out of space because it's getting so busy. It's it's just crazy. The demand is there, but the supply is definitely not there right of, now. Of all the demand that people have, what is the most difficult wheel size to match with tires as far as popular? So if someone comes in and says, I want a 26s, you know, that's probably, I wouldn't say common, common, but semi-common. But uh, So I'm talking about like the common stuff, whether it's, 19s, 20s, 21s, 22s. Like, which of those seems to be the biggest nightmare in the end? Uh, usually it's 18s because a lot of 18s aren't designed to clear how high, t- how tall brakes are. And you have all these kids that have their 2019, 2020 
Honda Civic, Honda Accord. Mm -hmm. And that's not a thing you would think would have a problem clearing a brake, but the offset alone and that design of that wheel, you know, an 18 should fit. And you got, uh, you know, Jerry, he was on the show. He's mm -hmm. got 18s on his from Motegi's. Right. His look great. You know, yeah. the amount of tire he gets. And uh, that, car, that car comes factored with 20s. Yep. Factory you know? 20s, yeah. So, you know, you're making a huge difference when you're changing that to a super lightweight, super small wheel. But a lot of those wheels that he had a choice to buy, they would not have fit and cleared that brake. That wheel was designed right. in a way that it comes out. And so it's convex and not really concave. And it kind of clears the brake in the style of how the spokes are made, which goes back to what I was saying earlier. The style matters as well as the math because the style alone could screw you in where your brake positioning is. And you have a lot of big and high-end cars like a like a Audi R8. You got to build the wheels so freaking flat just to clear the brakes. So if you don't have a wide body R8, you ain't getting right, dish. Right, right. You ain't getting the fat lips that people right. want. There's yeah. no super concave. That thing's flat, right? Yeah, that's interesting. It, it, that That's changing a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, the bigger the brake, the more clearance issues you have, the more reason that you'd have to go custom. So, so the, custom's getting more popular for that reason. So a lot the of OE is it. kind of forcing the industry yeah. in a sense. Well, and because the OEM, the manufacturers don't want to deal with it, and they're chained there. A lot of times, you'll have uh, little tricks that they run, like with uh, with Chevy and GMC and Dodge, and all the stuff that they've changed from their 2019 and on. This little tiny little brake reservoir tube right on the edge of the brake. It's supposed to have all these upgraded benefits mm -hmm. for the brake, right? But it completely destroys that profile for mm. every brand, for every part of the entire industry. So that 20 by nine. 18 offset no longer works and 20 by 9 18 worked for hundreds Everything of else, wheels yeah. for that before so now you're asking a guy to do a level lift to get it to kick it out to a zero so you can clear the brake without using a spacer so you're asking him to do something more aggressive than he intended right on his own vehicle because you got to do it because there's no way around it if they don't want to run a spacer. You don't buy a 2021 car and then go to the shop the next day asking for wheels and be okay with a spacer. You just, mm -hmm. it's brand spanking new. You want right. to do it right. right. You know what I mean? And that's just that mentality. Let's get you out of here on this one. What makes variant wheels so special and so different? I love that question, man, because everything for the last several months of my life has been preparing for this transition, for this move for this momentum for this new idea that i have to really propel the company forward and uh it, it's because i you know because i work selling wheels i do wheels tires suspension i get to see the coolest cars you've ever seen sometimes like it's not something that's easy to walk away from you know i've enjoyed the knowledge that i've gained and i've learned enough to be that much more confident to be that much more successful in what i do that it's a career move you know and so moving to variant is because it's supporting a brand where I believe the movement, I believe the message, you know, the same way that I believe in one auto movement and what it's about and mm -hmm. why it exists for people is the bringing people together aspect. With Variant, it's taking care of a customer the way they need to be taken care of with a custom option and pretty much will always be that. You'll never see Variant make totally cast wheels with three offsets that exist on the shelf. Our brand will never do that no matter how much money that will allow you to make or how much that will open the spectrum and the floodgates of the market. Our brand is about the quality and the image of that quality. And what's really cool is other than the brand we were talking about earlier with Vossen, right. Varian is the only brand other than Vossen that has a warranty. 
And Vossen's warranty is a one-year. Varian is a three-year structural rigidity warranty. If you hit a pothole hard enough and it breaks, we cover 50% of the MSRP of that wheel. And that's impressive for pretty much anybody because most people don't know. And that's a question I get because you you were talking about questions Mm -hmm. uh, you get all the time. Always get that question. What's my warranty? Always get that question because it's like people have this thought process that as that dollar amount goes up, it's going to have more of a guarantee. And it's a moving piece on a vehicle where you could drive it in any series of variables and I'm not going to know or be able to prove or back that up. So you got to be realistic about it. There really isn't a warranty. But with Variant, there is. And it's specifically because we know those situations exist where you're going to hit a pothole and something disastrous could happen where you break the wheel. And we don't want you to feel like you have to buy a whole new set of wheels because it's not just one wheel sometimes. Think about it this way. What if it's a custom finish? You can't powder coat one wheel because you didn't do it in the same conditions as the original wheels. So a lot of people don't know that. They want to get it one wheel powder coated bright red because the other ones are red and they scraped one wheel. But they go to powder coat that red, it's not going to match because it's mm. not in the same environments that the paint conditions were in whenever it was done. A lot of people, unless you yeah, know paint, that. don't know that either. Mm. You know, the humidity, the temperature controlled nature of every batch is completely you, you unique. You can't blend a wheel to another wheel because they don't even touch. Exactly. And so you, if you have two that don't match and they're on the same side of the car, it's a problem. And so you could only have two that don't match that do match, you know what I mean? Like the, the the four don't match, but the two on one side match and the two on the other side match because you're right. never going to see all four at the same time. Right. And people will say that that doesn't matter and they'll do that too. But, um, you know, that, that individual style, that custom nature, that being able to make it your own, do whatever you want, finish wise, customization to your fenders, have it done in a very timely manner. You got a car show coming up in a month and you didn't wait till last minute, last mm-hmm. six days before the car show. I'm talking to everybody listening to this show right now who wants to order car parts, Listen. wheels, tires, suspension, six, seven, eight days before a show, get it done a month in advance. Give yourself the time. The industry doesn't work on that timeline. You know, and so you give yourself the time, you know, something that runs out of stock, it comes back in stock and you you get it before you need it at the show because that happens all the time. You got so many people picking at it mm-hmm. and so many different companies can order from the same back end to the same websites. You're yep. going to see one inventory on my competitor site and you're going to see one inventory on mine. That doesn't mean there's two. That means we share the same inventory. So that's another secret, you know, uh, people pull from the inventory on the back end of other websites. And if you have the same inventory for one, the same inventory for the other, people think that's double. And they always have that stigma like, oh, I got two from this website. I got two from this website. I'm good yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? And then they get the call, uh, which one are you going with? Because I got two total and you got to wait, you know, three months for the next set to come in. And Variant's been really good on timelines. We've been able to crank out wheels really quickly. Uh, our biggest back orders for flow formed wheels were a month. Right. Which so is a nothing. That's fast. If you can't wait a month for those wheels to come in for me to prioritize you for being patient to wait a month and then you get it done in about a week, you know, and again, locals only because right. if I got to get it done. And by and ship local, it, we're talking Phoenix area. Yep, exactly. Phoenix area, Arizona. We're off in Chandler, uh, right off of Arizona and Warner. So, um, you know, if you come in, you know, you want to get something done, we can usually get it done in two weeks flat, uh, fully custom built to the car, uh, anything up to 11 wide and it's 19s and 20s only. 
And so that's also kind of different because you, like I said earlier, that 18 inch wheel is becoming a problem because it yeah. doesn't clear a lot of brakes. Yeah. So we kind of immediately just kick that out of the way. And we have friends like you that want to support me. Like I support your channel and what you do and you can't because I don't have 18 inch wheels because we don't have an interest to make those wheels. We're trying to do something for a market that is attainable for everybody and kind of change that stigma that you can't get an affordable wheel. That's a good quality wheel. You know, because you hear a lot of people, have you heard the reps? Are those reps? Have you heard mm -hmm. somebody say, are those yeah, reps? Yeah. Right. It's it's this uh that the stigma is like negative towards reps. Yep. You know, that you're you're repping the brand of what the real wheel should be, the forged wheel that you should have paid eight hundred dollars a wheel for. You know you what's know? funny though with the with the reps, you made me think about this because there's some manufacturers who make forged wheels that look like older school wheels that are cast. Yeah. For example, BC Forge makes a wheel that looks like a TE thirty seven. Yeah. And at the end of the day, which one's better? I mean, if you're into your GDM period correct, you're gonna say bulk TE thirty seven all yep. day. But the reality but if is you know Forge is forged, Forge then it doesn't is Forge matter. and that BC Forge wheel or any or if they, or anybody else who makes a wheel that looks like an old school, it's gonna be better. It's newer yep. technology and it's lighter. Yep. And so the processes that are more in-house that can be tightly or controlled, yeah, they can yeah. raise their prices. If Vossen wants to have the highest prices in the world, they have the most beautiful photography, videography, and tight controlled environments. They have the best finishes booth I've ever seen in my life. You know what I mean? So they can afford to raise that natural price, not just based on the brand, but because of everything being able to be controlled themselves. Because quality control is the aspect that does matter, but uh, not with Forge, really. Like you said, you know, Forge is Forge. It's only going to come from a machine that costs several million dollars. Mm -hmm. And there's only a handful of those machines because they're freaking huge, you know? Yeah. So everybody's going to pull from that same, that same, you know, mentality. Have you guys even entertained maybe doing 18s? Uh, there's a lot of people who I've pushed it really hard. I like, think, I like, think some of the wheel designs though, that you have don't like sometimes the smaller, the wheel design or the smaller, the wheel, the, the design just doesn't look as good. That's true too. Yeah. There is a sweet spot where you can get too jumbled up with the characteristics yeah. of the wheel. There's too many spokes Things too going much on. going yeah. on. Yeah. And you got to maintain, but like you said, you know, so many wheels look so alike. What's one five spoke star wheel versus another. Right. And that's something that I think, uh, you know, variance wheel is a little bit more unique than such and such as wheel. And every company is going to say they're a little bit more unique than such and such as wheel. But everybody has to find a way to make their own identity because there isn't a lot of ways that you can yeah. build a wheel. We've yeah. seen almost, I'm not going to say we've seen it all, but I'd say if every designer that could work on wheels did work on wheels, we would have seen it all by now. There's mm -hmm. not an infinite number of styles that you can do where the engineering is going to make sense that it actually physically works, not just design works right yeah because you can design a wheel a, yep. the but engineering then you gotta throw it through work. the program yep. to make sure that it's stress tested and the physics work and it doesn't you know decompress under certain weight conditions and all kinds of variables like that you said 19s and 20s i thought i stumbled across larger wheels on the website uh yeah so in a three-piece or two-piece or even in a forged monoblock but specifically forged category mm -hmm. anything we can do 17 to 22 right okay yeah so and that opens up the range a lot but you are talking about the same wait time for your monoblock just like your forged line let's say you do my xenon wheel mm -hmm. star pattern just like the forged line but you get it monoblock forge design, the CNT version of the wheel. 
well, that's still going to take the same eight months that the right. three piece fully configured, crazy color, insane, everything you want, max concave, carbon lips, whatever you want to do is going to take. So it's at that point, what is the reasoning for your purchase? Right. If you're going to spend the same eight grand, you're spending it because you're shaving a ton of weight. Cause that wheel is probably the lightest weight design. If you were to go 18, I imagine you could probably get it down to like 18, 19 pounds in an 18. Right. Or maybe even less than that in model. But for block. something we can pump out in a month. You're in that mid twenties range, right. which is yep. still under all OEM standards. Right. So you're right. still feeling the weight difference. Cause we talked about that a little bit earlier, but the general, I've heard this phrase a couple times in the industry and I didn't know what it meant for a while, but I kind of looked into it. So they say that when you remove five pounds per wheel, it's like removing 65 pounds from the trunk oh, because wow. essentially the weight difference that you're removing from the wheels, the distribution of weight in the car is changing effectively a little bit. And so where it feels like the weight is changing the distribution of the weight, it feels like it's in the back in the middle of where you're centered, like on the actual vehicle. And so, Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. A, that sounds like a huge difference. It does. Right? It does. A massive difference. Yeah. Yep. So wheel weight matters for the people that are going to buy it for that reason. But Not, to spin it all back to the whole variant thing, it's yeah. it's like we care about that person that wants to take that car to the track for that purpose as much as we care about that person that wants to have the car slammed to the ground on air suspension. And we get to do the media for it and get our names out there even better and mm -hmm. improve our quality and our media even more every time we get a chance to work with these cars. So it's, it's only been up, 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 you know, I keep getting the coolest cars every day. The M8 comp, I got to drive it myself. That's the coolest nice. car I've ever driven in my life. Nice, nice. It was four minutes. I just like went in circles basically. Hey, <laughs> you still got to drive it. Back. <laughs> I still got to drive it. Yeah. So tell people how to get a hold of you. So, uh, you can shoot me an Instagram message at ocean blue M2, uh, or you can shoot me an email, Mike at variantwheels.com. Uh, currently transition phase from element wheels to variant wheels will probably take a couple weeks. So you can also reach me, Mike at elementwheels.com. Uh, but again, it's our in-house brand. So we're in the same building. So you could just come into Chandler anytime, Monday through Friday, 9am to 6pm. And, uh, you know, same exact spot where we did the event just last week with one auto here. Uh, so we, we did the full, uh, animal adoption thing. That was really cool. Got a bunch of people to uh, donate and contribute. That was really fun. And uh, yeah, definitely love having the walk-in customers, the opportunity for you to see and visualize what you want on paper uh, will make it that much of a better experience for you. So come on down, talk to us or shoot me a message for sure. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. I want to thank Maui Mike Davis for coming by. Again, you can reach him at Ocean Blue M2, all crunched together on Instagram or check out Variant Wheels on Instagram as well. As he mentioned, we just got done doing an event. On behalf of One Auto Bridging Families Together, which was a cruise and event which featured variant wheels, AZ Euros, of course, my sponsor, Ride Honda, Mimi, which is Rad or Die, which we have not had on the show. I've been talking about getting her back on. I feel like it's been over a year, so I need to get her back on. And of course, Catherine also helped plan that, and she was also on the show as my guest for the Q&A segment recently. Falcon and the Winter Soldier just ended. But I want to give you guys like another week or two to catch up before I give you my thoughts on that. Love the show. Liked it better than WandaVision. I'm probably in the minority. But again, we're going to talk about it in a couple weeks. Have a couple guests lined up for that. Hell, maybe even next week. Got to work some car stuff in. 
As always, you got to thank Wright, Honda, out of Scottsdale, Arizona, higher quality detail at Tempe, Arizona, boosterbath.com, fourwheelonline.com, tongue Cell Shop Wireless Services, and Patreon business supporters, Kuya Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida. Speaking of Patreon, if you're in a position to help the podcast upgrade, I say upgrade instead of grow, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as some additional swag. If you want, you can go to Anchor FM link in the description. It allows you to donate as little as 99 cents a month, which costs less than an average cup of coffee. You can follow me on Instagram at NA2NSX or JTravels. That's J-H-A-E underscore travels. I invite you to join us on the Facebook group, Hard Parking Violations, and check out the YouTube page, Hard Parking Podcast, Hard Parking Media. They both get you to me. Don't forget to leave a review and a rating. If you didn't like it, reach out and let me know before you tell me that my podcast sucks because I have an exceptional set of skills. I will find you and you will be sorry. Hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com. Keep your head up. I can't grow until you tell the world how good this podcast is, but I want us to do this and grow the same together. Talk to you next week. Are you tired of your dog losing its cool in a thunderstorm or fireworks? You might want to look at tongue treats. Tonguetreats.com. High anxiety relief, pain relief, inflammation relief. It's a direct connection between the tongue and the brain. Doesn't waste time going down to the stomach where it gets broken down, enters the bloodstream, then to the brain eventually. By then, little Izzy, my dog, has been hiding under the house for like 20 minutes. The Tongue Treat CBD strips provide rapid results for your pet with the right amount of CBD, which is not psychoactive. It's important to test and verify your pet is getting the proper dosage. A single strip should be enough. Have doubts? There's certified analysis from a lab available on the website. Think about it. Efficacy and economy. Tongue treats. Shut up!